Welcome to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. You can also check us out online at realchurchcoweta.com or jump on Facebook at Real Church Coweta. We hope you enjoy this week's message. What truth? That you are a slave, Neo. Like everyone else, you were born into bondage, born into a prison that you cannot smell or taste or touch. A prison for your mind. Unfortunately, no one can be told what the Matrix is. You have to see it for yourself. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. offering is the truth, nothing more. glad you guys are here today. Did we do the he is risen, he is risen indeed thing? I heard we didn't do it very good. Did we not do it well? Do we need to try it again? We do need to try it again? Oh gosh. Uh, okay, hold on a second. How does it go, Jonathan? He is risen and then y'all say he is risen indeed. Is that what we do? Is that what he did? Did he? That's not what he did? Well, today's his first day working here, so he'll get it. <clears throat> He'll get it. All right. So, so I'll say, now you don't have to stand up during this. He didn't make y'all stand up, did he? Okay, good. Um, I'll say he is risen and you say he is risen indeed, right? Now, we're going to say it together. We're not going to go, he is risen, he is risen. It's not going to go like that, right? So I'll say it. He is risen. He is risen indeed. All right. You decide, you just, you just need to. A real preacher to do it with you. That's the only issue. <laughs> what's, uh, what is exactly going on in the video? Well, here's what's going on in the video. And the truth is, is it goes on in your life and my life every day. It does. He's asking this question. He's saying, do you want the red pill or do you want the blue pill? You want the red pill or do you want the blue pill? Are, are you wanting your life to be just the same as you've always known it? Are you wanting to go back to just the same old, same old? Are you wanting to go back to just your typical everyday stuff? Just your getting up, drinking your coffee, going to work, coming home, having dinner, watching Dateline with Keith Morrison, 
and going to bed. Day after day after day after day after day. Or do you want to take the red pill? Do you want to make a choice that is something greater than maybe you even realize? Do you want to make a choice where you are surrendering your normal everyday life to something that is much more fulfilling, yet much more challenging and much more meaningful. I was talking to someone the other day and they said this, they said, gosh, man, they said, just working a a job for 30 or 40 or 50 years and retiring and, and that sounds so boring to me. I want to have something that's full of meaning. I want my life to have something that's full of meaning. And so today is about choices, and today's message is about choices. I made a choice one time. Um, I love talking about this choice because I'll never forget it. I was seven years old, if you can believe that. I was seven years old, and I made a choice. Um, I liked The Incredible Hulk. All right, you know the guy that when he got mad, um, he turned into The Incredible Hulk. He turned green. Now, I will tell you guys that I'm a ginger. Back when I had hair, I was a ginger. You have to trust me on that. Um, but I used to turn into the Incredible Hulk as well, except I would turn all red and not, uh, and not all, um, all green. But I love the Incredible Hulk. And so I wanted it so bad, and it was $5. And I just so happened to not have $5 because I was seven, and there's like child labor laws. And so I couldn't work, and I ended up uh, asking my mom for it. We were, I will never forget this. We were standing in Ben Franklin. You guys remember Ben Franklin? Trivia question. What did Ben Franklin eventually become? Walmart. Yes, it did. Ben Franklin eventually became Walmart. You're welcome. That's free. I was standing at Ben Franklin, and I'm eyeballing the Incredible Hulk. And I had seen all the commercials about how he swung through, and you know he would get all mad, and he'd beat everybody up. And that's kind of what I wanted to be. So I wanted to be the Incredible Hulk. And so I loved the Incredible Hulk. And I'm standing there, and my mother is standing there with me. And she says this, these words, and these are etched in my mind. She says, all right, you have to make a choice. And I said, okay. I will buy you this Incredible Hulk. But you can't go to Opryland with us on Saturday. You can have the Incredible Hulk, but no Opryland. For those that don't know what Opryland is, Opryland was an incredible theme park that they had in Nashville, much like Six Flags, except a little cleaner than Six Flags. Uh, no knock against Six Flags, so, but a little cleaner, a little more country. Uh, it's actually, I would describe it as what Dollywood is today. And that was Opryland. And we would go once a year. And this year, my mom gave me a choice, standing in the aisle at Ben Franklin. And I was an idiot. And I chose the Incredible Hulk. And I'll never forget this. I got the Incredible Hulk, and the next morning they got up, and they went to Opryland. And we used to have a, a, a front door that was like a screen door. And, and I remember standing there with this pitiful, sorry, horrible toy watching my mom's. I, I don't, it was a yellow-looking Oldsmobile. It was, it was literally the size of this section, how big the car was. It was like in 78 or 79. And they pulled out, and they left to Opryland. And I stayed there all day with my dad, playing with the Incredible Hulk. 
on the video, they made it look so awesome in the commercials. On my extra large 19-inch black and white screen that I had at the time, they made it look awesome. The problem was, was that there was one rubber band connecting the two arms. How sorry is that? And so if you pull this arm, it'd go... If you pull this arm, it'd go... And guess what I did before the day was over? I broke the arms. Isn't that terrible? And I was miserable. And they came back like at 9.30 or 10 at night. And my dad was like, did y'all have fun? I just went to my room. I didn't want to hear none of that junk. I knew they had fun. They ate cotton candy and corn dogs and rode the Wabash Cannonball and all this bunch of junk. And I played with the Incredible Hulk for about four hours until I broke it. And we had peanut butter sandwiches and a Coke. What a horrible choice I made. Here's some quotes about choices. Don't laugh at your spouse's choices. You were one of them. Right? Let's get a little more serious. So I'll let that sit for a second. There comes a time in your life when you have to choose to turn the page, write another book, or simply close it. That's about choices. It's not hard to make decisions when you know what your values are. Choices. When you know what your values are. It's not, those choices aren't hard. May your choices reflect your hopes, not your fears. I love that. I am who I am today because of the choices that I made yesterday. And finally, this one. We are free to choose our paths, but we can't choose the consequences that come with them. I love that. You know, before, before social media... You never got to see your friends from high school's choices, right? Now on social media, you get to see all of their choices. And boy, did they make some foolish choices. I'll never forget when I first started scrolling through and looking for friends. Because you know how it is. Your high school friends are just kind of stuck in high school. And then you start looking for your friends. And all of a sudden you see your friend, that the name corresponds with the friend, but the face, the body type, and the life decisions, which are all over the face, do not equate to the friend that you knew in high school. Choices. We can see people's choices. Can I tell you that some people are paralyzed by having to make a choice? Some people are paralyzed by having to make a choice, and they're paralyzed because they refuse to take a step forward or take a step back. But I'm here to tell you that not making a choice is actually making a choice. It is. It is. And most of the time, people are paralyzed by their choices because of one thing, and that is fear. They are fearful of what will come next. They are fearful of what would happen. And so what they do is is they stay frozen because they don't have the faith to make the choice that needs to be made. I want to read from you a text in, cha- in Luke chapter 23. If you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 23. If you don't, you can look on the screen behind me. But there's going to be some choices made, and I want to go over some of those choices today. It says, Then Pilate called together the leading priests and the other religious leaders along with the people. And he announced his verdict. So everyone has been called together. He says, you brought this man to me. This man is Jesus, accusing him of leading a revolt. I have examined him thoroughly on this point in your your presence and find him innocent. 
Herod came to the same conclusion and sent him back to us. Nothing this man has done calls for the death penalty. So I will have him flogged and then I will release him. And then it says, a mighty roar rose from the crowd. And with the one voice they shouted, kill him and release Barabbas to us. Barabbas was in prison for taking part in an insurrection in Jerusalem against the government and for murder. And Pilate argued with them. And he says, because they wanted him released. But they kept shouting, crucify him, crucify him. For the third time he demanded, why? What crime has he committed? I found no reason to sentence him to death. So I will have him flogged and then I will release him. But the mob shouted louder, shouted louder and louder, demanding that Jesus be crucified. And their voices prevailed. So Pilate sentenced Jesus to die as they had demanded. And as they had requested, he released Barabbas, the man in prison for insurrection and murder. And he turned Jesus over to them to do as they wished. There's a fascinating dynamic playing here among the people. There's a lot of things that are going on just slightly under the surface that you have to understand and you have to realize. So there's something going on slightly under the surface and there's a lot of choices that are being made that you may not realize and that I may not realize unless you look a little deeper. And so I want to look briefly at a couple of choices that were made on this day. The first one is this, is that Pilate made a choice. Now, what choice did Pilate make? Well, he bowed to political pressure. He refused to decide. And so what he did is, is he chose the political pressure over what he knew was going to be the right thing to do in his heart. He knew what was right. He knew what was just. And yet he chose the opposite to save his own hide, to save his own political career. He bowed down to political pressure. Have you ever had that problem? You ever had the problem where your morals bump up against your job? You ever had that problem? Where your morals bump up against something that, that provides you an income or that provides you something that you really enjoy? You ever had that problem where your morals bump up against that? Pilate chose not the moral thing to do. He chose the wrong thing to do, and he knew it was wrong. I have a friend of mine. I, I, this lady is etched in my mind. I was 19 or 20 years old, and there was, a, there was a leader in the church. He was an elder in the church. And for those that are not aware, an elder in the church is someone that helps the pastor, helps make decisions for the church and those kind of things. Supposed to be the highest spiritual leader there was. And this lady, this lady actually was transferred from one department into his department at work. She actually worked with this man. This man had actually invited her to come to the church and her and her husband who were faithful believers had just moved into the area. And so they did, they came to the church and when they came to the church, she actually ended up getting transferred around where this man was. And what she saw was something that horrified her. At church, this man would serve communion. This man would pray for the sick. This man would be helpful. This man would be smiling. This man would be all of these things. The problem was, was at work, this man was completely the opposite. This man was a tyrant. 
This man was hateful and this man was not who he claimed to be. So like a lot of people that you may have experienced on Sunday, they looked really good and they looked really holy. But can I tell you that Sunday doesn't matter unless Monday through Saturday is the same exact way? It's one of the reasons why you may be thinking, gosh, why do you call it real church? Well, the reason we call it real church is because we give you the permission to come in here on Sunday and act the same way you do Monday through Saturday because we know that's the starting point to where you can meet Christ and then walk together and experience God in real life. And the man acted horrible. And she goes to, she goes to some of the people in the church. She didn't want to cause a scene. She goes to some of the people in the church and, and some of the other elders and says, hey, listen, this is what I've experienced. And they were like, wow, that, they were shocked. And so she had a conundrum. She, she didn't know. She was like, well, they said, would you like for us to talk to him? And she said, well, if you talk to him, then he's going to be angry with me and I'm going to lose my job. But she said the right thing to do would be to call this man on his sin. And that's exactly what she did. She said, yes, I want you to talk to him. And so they did talk to him. The man, of course, denied the situation. And she ended up getting in trouble at work. And because because of her high morals and values, because she was who she said she was, She quit that job, a job that she had worked, literally went to school for and had worked for years and years and years. Not only did she quit that job, because of that, her and her husband ended up relocating to Ohio. Why? Because what my dad always used to say is, son, right's right and wrong is wrong. She relocated. She gave up something to stand on her beliefs and what she knew to be the truth. Pilate didn't do that. Pilate made a choice. Pilate made a choice and he chose to save his own power and to save himself. But he's not the only one that made a choice that day. The people made a choice as well. The people made a choice. Now, I want you to understand that some of the people yelling, crucify him, crucify him, give us Barabbas. Some of those people probably had gotten full, you know, a while back on the loaves and the fish. Are you with me? They They had eaten. They had gotten full on that. Some of the same people probably were some of the same people that just a week ago were laying down palm branches. And yet he had said things that had offended them. And they wanted to crucify him. They made their choice. But there's something a little deeper that I don't know if you know, and that always has fascinated me. There was a clear choice here. Jesus Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah, the Son of God, or Barabbas, the one who tried to cause an insurrection, the one who had tried to overthrow the government, the one who had hurt people. What you may not know is this the word Barabbas actually means son of the father. Did you know that? 
Barabbas means son of the father. What you probably don't know is that Barabbas was his last name. His first name was Jesus. Jesus Barabbas was his name. Jesus Christ or Jesus Barabbas. And they had to choose which Jesus they would crucify. But there's one more. There's one more fascinating, fascinating tidbit. Jesus Christ was actually crucified for the sins of Barabbas, both spiritually and physically. What they accused Barabbas of, what Jesus of, Barabbas actually did. And so what you see here is them saying, do you choose that which is of heaven or do you choose that which is of earth? And they said, we want Jesus, Barabbas. They chose the wrong Jesus. Of course, there was another decision made that day. There was a final choice made that day. And I know we oftentimes forget this. And I talked about this last week, but Jesus Christ made a choice that day as well. Here's what he chose to do. He chose to be tried unfairly. He chose to be beaten nearly to the point of death. He chose to carry his cross, a cross that was meant for you and for me. He chose to be crucified. He didn't have to. He could have called down a legion of angels to deliver him. He did not. He chose to be crucified. And finally, he chose to die for you and to, for me. But here's the thing, you guys. I want you to understand something. We're not here to celebrate the crucifixion, are we? See, that was Friday. Here's what we're here, here's what we're here to celebrate. In Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 7. Luke chapter 24. It says, very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance, and so they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. And as they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them, clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, why are you looking for, uh, among the dead for someone that is alive? He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Remember what we told you back in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful man and be crucified, and that he would rise again on the third day. Let's try this again. He is risen. He is risen indeed. And indeed, he is risen. The truth of the matter is, you guys, is that Today, we are all Barabbas, every one of us. Every one of us have been set free from that bondage that we have over our lives. Every one of us have been set free. The only caveat is, is that we accept him and we give over to him that which is his, the one that whose very hands help create you and I, the ones whose very hands help create, help create this world. He calls to us. 
he does. Pilate made a choice. The crowd made a choice. And Jesus made a choice. And today, I ask you, which one is it going to be? The blue pill or the red pill? You have a choice. Romans 3.23 says this. Let's get that up there. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Romans 5.8 says, But God showed His great love for us by sending Christ to die for us, not because we were good, but while we were still sinners. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin, the wages of sin is death, and that has been paid, by the way, through Jesus Christ's death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord for all that believe is what John says in his gospel. Romans 8.1 says, So now there is no condemnation for those who belong in Christ, for those who believe. And finally, Romans 10 says this, Romans 10.9 says, If you openly declare, here it is, that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Like the matrix, instead of going back to the same old, same old life, what I would shout to you would be this, and what I think Jesus would shout to you today would be, take the red pill. Take the red pill. Take the red pill. I'm so thankful that I did. I'm thankful that I surrendered to him. And today, my joy is that we get to see an example of someone who has decided to take the red pill. Let me pray for you. Lord God, thank you so much for today. Thank you so much for who you are. Lord, I do pray that you would be with us. Give us the wherewithal to accept what it is that you've done for us. And God, I pray that we would take the red pill. Lord, if there's people here today that need you, I pray that during this time that they would come forward. I pray that they would not leave here the same way they came, but I pray that they would leave being changed. So God, do what only you can do. Be who only you can be. And Lord, I pray that lives would be changed here today. Even as they see this example coming up of someone who has decided to follow you. It's in the strong and mighty name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Welcome to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. You can also check us out online at realchurchcoweta.com or jump on Facebook at Real Church Coweta. We hope you enjoy this week's message.